Praise Jesus. That's like putting a wax coating. Come on. He tries to connect, and it just slips up and down, falls off. You wax your car, it'll last longer. Uh, and dirt won't stay on it as much. If you wax your body in the Holy Ghost, you don't have to worry about fighting all these battles. I was telling somebody a while ago, a couple people, that if you allow the impossible God to live inside of you, then the things that are possible in the kingdom, purpose, and will will begin to manifest in your life. He's the impossible God who does the possible. When he finds a vessel that is submissive, oh, that's a key, isn't it? Americans hate that word. Humble. Come on, somebody. Americans are not real excited about these two words. I notice y'all ain't jumping on them. Yeah, yeah, they're not jumping on them, are they? Nobody said, hallelujah, glory to God, amen. I like that humility and that submissiveness. That's the opposite of what Americans want to do. Am I wrong or right? Well, that was part of y'all who told the truth. Now, the rest of you. Hey, all right, we finally got one loud enough to say the truth. I've been talking about creating for community. I'm going to continue. Last time I talked, it was about protection. It's so important because today, I just want to tell you what community really is. It's, it's, it's not what a lot of people think. We have so many people that, that have some kind of concept because they've read something. But you, you can only find the real concept in the scripture. I was reading about Gideon for some reason. And Gideon was really great. He really was one of, not the first one because there are many other small groups, but he had a small group. He sure did. Do you know that Gideon started out with 32,000 men? 32,000. And through a process for God to make sure that God would get the glory, but also it wasn't just God getting the glory, which it was, but he also had to fight with the right people to get the glory. Had to fight with the right people. He had to have his army, not somebody else's that had an idea, read a book, thought about this, but has his army that would listen to his word. And he ended up in the first small group with 300 people. From 32,000 to 300. Now, do you know how many people that God aligned him against with 300 people? Do y'all remember the number? 135,000 took down 300. That's the impossible living in a person that had possibility because of his submission and humility toward the Father. And he won. But who really won? God did the impossible. That's why you have to understand whatever you're going through. And you know, God was telling me this too. He did his greatest work in Gideon when things were most difficult. He's not going to do a great work in you most of the time when things are on the mountaintop and you're skipping around because usually we're, we're in that mode of neglect. We don't need him. I've decided if we'll just stay in that place of needing and he meets our needs, he didn't say he meets our wants, but if we stay in that place of needing, then we won't get to that place of being unneedful. Gideon would, I mean, God did, just think about this time. We, we, we get to read the story and I'm not preaching on that today. This is free. But, but the point is, we read that story and we begin to think that life is all about, you know, I know the end of the story. So Gideon was probably picking 
meat out of his teeth because he just ate that lamb and was going, I know we're going to use 300 here, even though there's 32,000 we started with. You've eliminated 22,000. Now you're going to take it down to 300, and I'm biting 135,000, but it's no big deal. We're going to use a pitcher and a light, and we're going to win. Impossible, but only can be possible in the vessels that he chooses. And that's all of us that are born again. Somebody say amen. amen. And he did his greatest work in Gideon in his greatest time of need. Come on, somebody. Profess that need to him. If it's a need, he's going to meet it. But he's got to find that place where his impossibility can align so it can become possible because of your condition. Created for community. See there? Gideon had 300 he had community with. That's pretty awesome. Had to have them. They all listened. That's why it's so important. Let's think about this. The reason why the others were trimmed off, I like to say circumcised because it's a biblical term. The reason why they were circumcised is because they were not in unity. Come on, somebody. That's why if they'd have got into battle, they would have caused such a disarray that failure would have happened. They couldn't believe that God could win with just a small number. Their idea is like in America, we got to have a bigger army. We got to have the greatest bomb. We got to have the greatest strategy. When we would, if we would allow the strategy of God and the army of God to rise up within us, what could we not defeat? Okay, there's two of y'all believe that, and the rest of you are going to rely upon the world to handle this situation. So protection is important. The next thing we're going to talk about is power. Say power. Boy, it's something that we all long for. And you don't have to work for it. You have to submit to get it. Jesus was so powerful. When I hear people say what they won't do in the faith, think about this. One of the last acts Jesus did to show how powerful he was that he didn't have to do, he bent down on his knees and washed the feet of others. Those that were going to be killed early, except for one. Those that were going to Die, it looked like a useless death, but we're still talking about Christianity today. Amen? And many of us in the faith will go, well, you know, there's a lot of things I might do, but I don't do that. What do you mean you don't do that? Our Savior was servant of servants. He was servant of servants. There's nothing he wouldn't do. If you wash somebody's feet back in that time, that was showing the low level of submission that you were to the authority over you. And who was his authority? The Father ordained that He washed their feet so that they in turn would do likewise. Are y'all listening to this? Maybe I should just preach to myself. I did that one day in here. It's really cool to preach to yourself. You don't get much time to reply. Power. That's what we need is power. Not the kind of power the world gives because that means everybody's supposed to submit to us. But the kind of power we need is first of all to have our flesh dealt with. And then we can, can submit to God who in turn becomes the impossible possible because power now can be transmitted, transformed like a transformer into doing things that is supposed to be done to build the kingdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Ephesians 1.18, 20. Y'all read today. All right, let's start this over. Because this isn't Mary... What is that? Row, 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 row. That's not what we're doing. I mean, that sounds good and it's cute, but that's not what we're doing today. Can y'all try this again? Let me help you. Let's work together. I pray also. 
This is important. First of all, the condition has to begin in your heart. Your heart is your mind, emotion, and will. Inside of your heart is your spirit. I mean, beneath your heart, the levels of faith, spirit, soul, and body is your spirit. Your spirit's born again, so your spirit, the Holy Ghost, has to enlighten your heart. You understand? The Holy Ghost has to enlighten your heart, or you're not going to understand this or even even be able to grasp the right kind of power. We all know power is so dangerous. Come on, somebody. Isn't it dangerous? Sometimes we gain a little bit of knowledge that we got from the world. It doesn't go through the transformer of God, which is Jesus, and the service is the Holy Ghost. Come on. Y'all getting that? Got it? God is the substation. I don't have that written down, but it sounds good. God is the big substation. The transformers is Jesus. And the secondary power that reaches each of our houses, each of our hearts, is the Holy Ghost. And if the power's not gone through like that, then what happens is we abuse power. We misuse power. We don't even understand power. And that's why we're the church is lacking more than any place else. We talk about all the power that we have to change us. We have the power for protection. But when we have power, that means that we're supposed to be able to use this power to build the kingdom of God. And still most of, instead, most of the time, we're usually building our own kingdom. Paul said he died daily so that others might be saved. What was dying daily? Always submitting to the power of the Holy Ghost so that what he would say, what he would do, what he would, be, what he would try to accomplish would never uplift him. That's not the world today. That's not Christianity today, say the least. You know that. You've lived in it. So we need power. And it enlightens your heart. It must be enlightened. So if you don't have that enlightenment, you can't know. And there's so many that people that know stuff, and I'm not so sure it's come from the Holy Ghost and being transmitted into their heart. The riches of the glories of inheritance of the saint or the saints. It's plurality. When God is talking most of the time in the New Testament, it's always talking about saints becoming the body of Christ. So it's a unity that he's always professing and wanting us to be. In his incomparable great power for us who believe. See, there it is again. He's drawing us together in one power. This power is like the working of his mighty strength. We're supposed to be an example in the earth of his mighty strength strength as we work in one unit together. Not separate. I'm going to talk about some of those stuff in another sermon, but not separately, but together. And that's the most difficult thing because anytime God ordains something, uh, Leticia, what happens? The enemy comes against it. And we haven't figured that out a whole lot yet, but I preach that to you a lot. If it's so important that God would write it down, what do you think is going to come against it? Every single time the enemy is going to have a plan against something that can unite the church. Because if the church ever gets united, instead of us looking and saying, woe is me, I've said this forever, the church is its own worst enemy. It consumes itself. It, it does. It destroys its own self. It does it through many ways. The next one is connection. It's great to be connected. I talked about that in protection somewhat. Ephesians 4, 16. I know we're going to do good. I'm not starting. Y'all start. 
What's wrong with this? We're talking about creating for community. This is just another part of it. Is it not important that we have connection? If you have protection, you have to have power. If you have power, you have connection. I mean, I don't know about you, but we can have a lot of lighting in here, but if we don't plug into a source, we're in trouble. Well, everything God gives is the resource, as you've been taught, and God is the source. But if we're connected one to another, we each supply what each other needs. We really do. There's many of us that have been through some garbage, and until we get through it, we can't minister from it. And there's many of you try to minister from things that you haven't been through. That's not what God's called you to minister to. Y'all haven't figured that out. Some of we got too many dear Abbies in here. I mean, I don't know what all she went through, and God bless dear Abby and nobody else, but I don't know what all is going on in her life. I don't even know she's still around. Surely dear Abby's daughter's doing it now. I don't know. Or granddaughter or whatever it may be. But, but the point is, our connection, the reason why we can supply each other's need is because each of us, no matter what we've been in, can always minister one to another because somebody in here has been through what I'm going through. Now, I love Terry, but if he hadn't been through a death of a mom and a dad and some other situations in my life, well, I don't, Terry can say, well, he loves me and he's praying for me. That's good, but don't set me down and try to tell me where you hadn't been. It means a whole lot more when you've been, not only been there, you can minister from that because it no longer affects you. It's no longer a wound that's open, but it's a scar that's a reminder. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching today. Can you hear me? It's okay to have scars, right, Howard? You got some scars. I got some scars. But they're scars not to remind me of my past, but to remind me I've been delivered from my past. Give the Lord a hand clap. See, that's connection. You know why we're so afraid of connection? Because we all think we're going to abuse it. Do you think the enemy's not going to be involved in this? Absolutely. Why would the church try to go forward? Look in the Old Testament. Even Ananias and Sapphira tried to tear it down. Right? Somebody's always trying to get glory instead of God. Did it tear it down? Come on, let the enemy shoot. We're going to keep going. You've got to understand that. We have to keep moving. We have to know that God, we have such connection one with another. And think about it. The reason why Je- Jesus can minister to each one of us, is because, and no matter where we're at, is because he went through every single situation we'll ever go through, yet without sin. That's why he can do that. So we have protection. We have power. Now, some of y'all think power is just speaking in tongues. I assure you, that's not the power I'm talking about. I've been in situations where speaking in tongues didn't get me through anything. It's knowing the Word of God and listening to the Holy Ghost and applying some principles. It's kind of like when my wife talks about giving. Can I tell you just a little bit? And this is free too. This is giving. Some of us think if we write a tithe check, it is easy, but you can't buy God off. Just to be honest with you, there's some things you have to do in your life. I mean, there is submission to the Word of God. Isn't that right? There are some things in your life that when He starts to give you a directive and an order, and, and He does it in love, there are some things that have to be dropped off. When I got born again, the day I got born again, it's the truth. That Sunday, I went to church, and I wrote a check, a tithe check, immediately. Some of you are still praying about whether you ought to tithe or not. I haven't got that. I don't understand that, but that's okay. We all work in different realms. So God, I did that. But as a result of that, and even before that, 
I dropped off some bad habits and I immediately got a raise. Oh, y'all ain't getting this. I really did. You'd be surprised when you quit drinking tobacco and dope. Y'all be surprised. First month, we had $50 left over. Some of y'all are laughing because y'all make $50 in a throwaway. We ain't never had $50 left over. The second month, we had almost $800. And from that point on, we had so much money, I didn't even know what to do with it. Except give it to God. Build the kingdom. No, y'all don't understand what poor is. Some of you in here. Some of you do. I'm talking poor. But I was poor because I wasn't hungry, the kind of poor you are supposed to be for God. And I was making my own self poor because I was writing checks to the enemy and tithing to him. And if you think he's ever going to give back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, you're right. He is. But it's going to be desperation. It's going to be destruction. And it's always going to be on barely get along street. Come on, somebody. We live in paycheck to paycheck. That's your fault. You know that I, I don't know why I'm on. Let me just go ahead and speak on this giving a little bit. That'll blow your mind, huh? I wished it was down here, but it ain't. I'll play like it is. All right. I haven't seen a check since I've been married. My wife and I pool every bit of our money together. And you know what that comes from? Even before we were born again. T-R-U-S-T. I trust my wife. I'm telling you right now, if there's ever been somebody that's not real good with money, this is me. It's me. I'm going to tell you the truth. You understand? She was always good with money. And I never thought about her taking money. And I'll tell you what that's done. That builds a unity in us. See, many people don't do that. And they wonder why they can't never get ahead. Because first of all, you're destroying a biblical principle. If you got married, you're one. Why don't you act like it? I don't get it. I can tell the ones that are doing it. (laughs) The rest of you are going, he must be crazy. (laughs) What you're saying is you don't trust your mate. That's what you're saying. You don't trust your mate. I trust my wife. For 45 years, I think, I trust my wife. And she better not mess up because I'll have to back this up. You understand? (laughs) Back this thing up. I don't know why I'm on that today. I just want to let you know that builds such a unity and a connection. Do you know that she's been in places in her spiritual walk I haven't so that she can minister to me if I let her? Come on now, men. We'll let anybody minister to us. I'm going to preach today. Is that okay with y'all? This is free. You know, you can go back and say, I want to get my free card. We, we, we like drawing a number and you're winning. Everybody in here. The last person most of the time we'll let minister to us is who? What'd you say? What'd you say? Our wives. Mm-hmm. Truth or not? When they can be completely truthful. They know what they're talking about. And that thing comes up in me. Mm-mm. Am I the only man that raise your hand, man? If you're the, uh, thank you. Me too. I don't know why I do that. Familiarity breeds contempt. Listen, my wife always tells me we're a team, and I'm on your team. She's not going to tell me anything to hurt me. Why? Because if I'm hurt, she's hurt. If I lose, she loses. It ain't like somebody's getting behind somebody. Listen, if we're not doing something together, then we're not winning. Go ahead and clap. There's a couple of you that care. 
Hey, and some of you need for the, to clap for the future that it's going to be. Today's starting something new in you. I'm going to get to another point in a minute. Isn't it important? Am I telling you something that's true? You let, you, you let a drunk on the street minister to you. You need to hear about, about what my wife did. Really, what'd she do? Well, she, well yeah, that's why I'm not married. That's why I'm on skid row. <laughs> Shout me down when I'm preaching good. And all she cares about, she loves you. Huh? All right, I better move on. I can see I didn't get no amen out of huh. Protection, power, connection. How about wisdom? I hate to tell you, but sometimes we use wisdom as a tool to intimidate. We only embarrass ourselves. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. We learn a little something, and we think it's for our own personal interpretation. When God says, don't you hold nothing, you share it. But the way you share it is really important. Paul was pretty good at that. Wisdom, Colossians 1.9 says this. For this cause, there has to be a cause. We also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Listen, you can have a lot of knowledge, but if you don't have the wisdom to apply, what does it matter? It doesn't matter anything. I mean, you can sit up here and impress people with what you know, but more importantly, people are impressed in what you show. Isn't it it true? Don't tell me what you know. Show me what you know. Help me. Show me. Be the example of what you're supposed to know. So wisdom is important. I'm not downplaying wisdom at all. Now, the kind of wisdom I'm talking about comes from God. The kind of wisdom I'm coming about, talking about, comes from community. Oh, I know. Listen, when I talk about community in here, it's so far away from some of you because your community, which I'll get to in just a minute, is outside of the walls of this church. And I'm not talking about you shouldn't have friends. When I'm talking about it has, these friends have nothing to do with the body of Christ. Let's go to the next one because I'm in a hurry today. Can you tell? Number five, direction. So we got protection, power, connection, wisdom, direction. That's kind of got a, if I can get a little beat, I can go with that. I could. You know, some of y'all don't know that. I means I could rap a little bit with that for you that are out there in the left field. Direction. So we need direction, do we not? We need some direction. I look at some of our lives and at times look at my own life and I'm supposed to know the direction and sometimes I act like I'm at the fork in the road and I take the wrong fork. And God's saying loud and clear. I know that way looks easier, but that's not the way. He doesn't always call you to the easy way. You notice that? Have you noticed that? Don't you, don't, don't you think, well, God said it'd be, what, what are you saying, John 10, 10? Anybody remember that scripture? I came to give you and give you life more. Right? Don't you know, I get to the fork in the road and it says hard, but it's God, or easy, and we don't know. (laughs) I'll go test that easy until it gets to a place where I'm in trouble and I get back over there where it's hard. Why? Because I know I'm in trouble. Listen, some of you got to get, don't wait till you get knee deep. It's really hard to get out. Are you with me? (laughs) Direction. It's so important. We have to have wisdom. We have to have direction. Let's read this. James 2.25. Direction. Okay, let's try this again. 
Listen, I know I usually do this a lot, and I hadn't done it in a while, and it's my fault. Because sometimes when I'm doing a sermon, I forget to underline stuff, so I know if I don't underline it, you don't read it. This is hooked on phonics. Now, if you don't have a sense of humor today, you're probably already mad at me, but it's okay. I love you anyway. I, I love you anyway. I do. I, I really do. And if you're mad at me anyway, that means your flesh is probably trying to intervene on the message God's trying to give you. Are you listening to me? Sometimes when I get mad or whatever's going on, I got to go back and finally sit down with God and go, all right, is my flesh being encroached upon and I, it needs to die? Or is there something spiritual I need to protect? You, you have to get to those kind of places where you're able to do that. I didn't say I've conquered it. Go ahead again. In the same way, comma. Now think about this. If, uh, can I say this in church because they say it in the Bible? If a whore... I'm not being ugly. I'm stating fact. Even she could get direction from God to save what was going to become an unbelievable promised land. If she could get... Listen, we way past her. We got the Holy Ghost. How could we not have direction for our lives? How could you entertain the idea that you define your Christianity by how you feel instead of the direction you get from the Holy Ghost that's given by the Word of God? How? How can you define your Christianity any other way except by the Word and direction of the Holy Ghost? How? Because you're either not connected properly to the body, you're not being supplied to the joint, and when you do hear what you need to change, you reject it. Well, I feel good about where I am. It's not a matter of you feel good. What's God think? You ever thought about that? Are you so seared and cauterized that what God thinks doesn't bother you? Paul says in Acts 20, 29 through 31, I know that after I leave, Paul's, what he's trying to say nicely is, and he's ministering even right before his beheading. Can you believe this? Man, when we get sick, most people are wanting to just, we're going to stove up, we're not going to talk to anybody. Right before his beheading, Buster, you know what he's doing? He's ministering to the end. He's just like his, his Savior. Till the end, Jesus ministered. Till the end, he said, forgive them. No, not what they do. He's trying to minister right before he dies and says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. What did I tell you about the church? The church is its own worst enemy. It doesn't come from without. It comes from... Well, I think the pastor... Well, I think that, that song leader up there, I think... Well, I think that drummer, I don't know about that. You think I'm, all it takes is a little bit of leaven, what I found out. Huh? Cause a little dissension. I told you, if, the, if, the, if God is for it, the enemy's against it. And he has to use the church against itself. But here's the deal. It says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The authority of the enemy cannot win. But I'm not telling you it can't divide us. It won't win ultimately. 
Are you listening to me? It won't win. The enemy won't win. We know that. We've read the end of the book. It's not really sure about how all this stuff ends up. You can say you know, but you don't. And the truth is, we win. That's all I can tell you. You can study any one of them you want to. Nobody knows for sure because God hadn't laid it out in the blueprint that we can follow. What he wants us to do is trust, live by faith, and believe. Amen? Even from our own number. Where? Right here. Are you with me? It's right up there. Listen to it. Men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Who hurts the church? The church. Church. Church hurts the church. It's really easy. Protection, power, connection, wisdom, direction. So how do we, how is this all destroyed? It's destroyed by these kind of things right here. Distort the truth in order to draw, listen, it, you always have to know that when you start drawing a click behind you that's not following the vision of the church, you have to understand that there is a destructiveness coming to that area. It's an infection. Let's, let's just look at it. Y'all go ahead and read this next verse so I can go on. That's serious. Do y'all know we read this and kind of laugh it off like, oh, poor Paul, he cried for three years. Do you understand how serious this is? Do you? For three years. Three years. You getting this or am I talking not you? For three years, he cried for the church. He cried for the church. You getting this or you just here listening? He cried for the church. He cried for you that you wouldn't be deceived. He cried for me. You know what? I look at the news every day and there are pastors falling out left and right doing crazy things because it's so easy to follow a voice that's not God. And if you're not glued in, you're not reading, you're not praying, I'm telling you, that's why I just have to eliminate myself from many things. Not because I, don't, I think I'm too good for things, but I know that I have to keep my eye single. You understanding that? I don't have narrow vision. Come on, somebody. I've got single vision. There's a difference. When you have single vision, the light of your eye is bright. When it's clouded, you can tell you have many directions you can go. But if you have the right eye that's single, you can only go one direction. Are you listening to this? Don't protect me. I'm all right. Huh? I got protection right here. Look where it says, Matthew 18, 24, where two or more come together in my name. So me and you are right here. God's right here. You like that? Although you're big. I have said many times, the church is his own worst enemy. Somebody say amen. amen. I have to hurry up or I won't finish. Kingdom community must be led by the word, guided by the Holy Ghost. Is that right or not? Is that, is that right or not? Say amen. If it's, if it's wrong, say oh me. And if you do, you need to get saved. Sometimes men act like just straight men of carnality. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3.
I want to give you an analogy. It's pretty embarrassing that we're born again. In the Corinthian church, I'm going to be preaching about it later on, but the Corinthian church is, was the most gifted. I mean, they had, I don't want to talk about it. I'm preaching another sermon. You know, when you do sermons all the time, God gives them to you. You just go twisted up in here. You got to be careful. Keep it right place. I want to give you an analogy. When you get wounded or hurt in our body, let's say a sprained ankle. How many people ever had a sprained ankle? I'm talking bad one. Which swells up on the side of your foot like a fist. I've had it. You had that? You know what I'm talking about? I got play basketball a little bit and come down on somebody's ankle. You don't have to tell anything. You just scream like a child. I have, and I did. First, there is pain because of torn or stretched ligaments. Now listen to me. Then there's swelling. Most of the swelling comes from blood rushing to that area. That's important. Blood needs to rush to that area. It brings healing. Now coaches are smarter than that because we put their foot in an ice bucket because we don't want that swelling to get bad. But truthfully, most of the time, and a lot of times, it prolongs the injury. We don't tell any coach that. You'll get in trouble. Then there's swelling. Most of the swelling comes from blood rushing into that area. Blood has come to this area because there is healing in the blood. Come on, somebody. I wonder why God made it like that. I wonder if it has something to do with Christ and his blood. Okay, hold on. It has nutrients. I wonder if Christ's blood has nutrients. I wonder if it has oxygen to give life that begin the healing process. When we get wounded or offended, now come on, I'm going to bring this around so you can get it. When we get wounded or offended at the church, the body attempts to come to our rescue. Isn't that right? That's the blood. You're offended. I won't pick on you. Just Kobe and me always pick on you because you're there. I'll pick on, I picked on you too. He's on Benadryl. No, I'm getting on you. Robert's been offended. All right? So the body comes and tries to talk to him. The body comes and tells him they're praying for him. The body comes and just, you know, somebody will call him. Somebody will go by. Whatever. Try to make an appointment. This is the blood flow from the body. 1 Peter 4.10. Read this. Y'all get to read again. Okay, so sooner or later, if we'll all run, rush the blood of Christ to this offended person, one of us is going to be able to minister to where he is. Got it? Because we're jointly tied together. We're jointly fitted together. When we refuse to operate in our gifting from God or the, wound, or the wounded party refuses ministry, the swelling gets greater. Come on, stay with me. I want, I want to bring this around for you. The swelling gets greater. The wound becomes more invasive. Sad to say, I hate to say this, but it happens sometimes. But amputation becomes necessary as gangrene sets in. It happens. It just happens. Blood flow can return, but the longer the wait, the more difficult the healing. Is that not true? We get wounded. You don't need to run from the blood flow. You need to run to the blood flow. You need to receive the blood flow. Huh? Because that's how the enemy separates us one from another. Recognize the wound. Matthew 18, 7. I'm almost done. 
You know, woe is a, is, a, is a word of damnation. Woe is a word of the wrath of God is coming towards you. That's what woe is. Woe, not a horse woe. I'm talking, woe, you better wake up here. If you're a person that causes offense, division, those kind of things, think about this. You are the one where woe is looking at. Think about this. Since offenses, they will come. Why are we not prepared? Paul warned us a long time ago, didn't he? Created for community means the enemy is scheming against unity. Got it? Number one, here's the causes of how we get wounded. Persecution is the cause of many who fall away. It is our first world country. The persecution that I, is not worth mentioning in this first world country. We don't know what persecution is. Except somebody in the church didn't talk to you. Huh? Somebody commented as you walked by about the dress you're wearing is too short. Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. That's how immature we are in the faith. You know, it took me a while to learn how to dress. I don't know if those air conditioners are not working, but if you're preaching up here, you're kind of hot. We're going to get this stuff fixed because we're a first world country. I'm getting offended. Oh. Number two, a time of great sin. This is our next. When sin goes unchecked, many will be offended as a result, will fall away like chaff. So what you do when you get caught in sin. Normally, in the church today, we run somewhere else, begin a honeymoon with another church, or just get out of church altogether. And when we talk about the church we left, we're mad because they confronted our sin. It's a whole lot better than all of y'all saying amen to, but that's all right. When love grows cold, this is the next one. When church becomes a religion and a method void of the Holy Ghost leading, that's when we come up. We just become that offensive kind of thing. Sin of sin will always be a real dominant factor in being offended. We color it many ways, but it still is what it is. How do we prepare for our offenses? I have two minutes and I'm going to make it. What areas are you most sensitive? I'm going to give you three. You can write them down if you want to and never have to deal with them again. That's not true. One, identity. Here we go. Let's see if y'all can do this. 2 Corinthians 5.15. And he died for all. Go ahead. When you finally you know your identity, it's not a matter about self-promotion. It's about God elevation. That's what it's all about. No longer self-promotion. No longer I've got to be the top dog of anything. As a matter of fact, the more you get involved in ministry, the more that you know that people don't even know who's running the ministry except the ministry's going well because you're almost absent at the scene even though you're leading the scene. Two... Friends. I want to. 
teach you a little bit about this. Many uncultivated friends tend to sway us into situations of indifference. But finding the right friends, now this is where the community of the kingdom advances. Many of us wonder why we can't progress. If your friends aren't true believers or working toward that, and you're spending more time with people that you know are nominal, are not even involved, or say they love God but live like they don't, do you understand that's why that we have difficulty of not becoming offended? Just think about it. I don't know where you were last night, but if it was with a bunch of unbelievers and somebody said, man, what were you doing hanging out with them? You know how quick you'd be offended? Man, you are involved in a community-like atmosphere here is that everywhere you go, first of all, reflects on the God that saved you. Second of all, reflects on the community that you serve in called the remnant. Now, you don't mind it if your job tells you don't do something, right? If your job tells you don't do this or we'll fire you, you go, oh, well, that's different. The job, so the job has more weight and power than the Word of God. Isn't that right? We don't care if we trash the church, but I'm definitely going to keep that job. They got benefits. I thought Jesus did. <laughs> he got pretty good benefits, Matt. I mean, like, I got eternity set here. Not only that, I can live victorious right now. And even though I'm going through difficulty, the greatest difficulty I go to is going to go through is going to be the greatest work that he puts me in. It's going to manifest the kingdom of God. And the last one is focus. You got to have your identity corrected. You have to know what friends you're supposed to be running with. You say, you're telling us, you meddling, you take it how you want to. I don't care. Take it how you want to. I'm with lots of people. I love everybody I come in contact with. But I'm telling you, I have to guard. I have to guard where I am and what I do. I have to guard that. I have to guard my faith. Paul warns me. For three years, Paul cried for me. Would you be careful for your faith? Read the Word. Study the Word. More importantly, stay connected to the body of Christ. Three, focus. Romans 8, 38, and 39. Here we go. Got your focus? Got your focus? You know, it took me a long, many years. Like within the last couple of years, I figured out what depression was. And that I would go through periods of it and didn't know what it was. It's the truth. I didn't know what it was. And I was reading a book one time, and it described depression. And the Holy Ghost ministered to me and said, you're in depression. That's what you're going through right now. And from that point on, as simple as this, I prayed and broke that spirit of depression in my life. And since I figured it out, by the grace of God, the Holy Ghost, the Word, I have not been depressed. Now, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just telling you that's what happened in my life. I received revelation. Where are you not con- convinced? See, Paul was convinced. For I'm convinced, neither death nor life. Where are, you con- where are you not convinced? That's where the enemy is going to attack. 
where you're not convinced. I'm almost done today, so just, you know, hold yourself. You're going to be all right. I think you've got more. I think you're gagging on everything you've learned today. Or maybe you already knew it, so you can share it with somebody else. Where are you not convinced? Wherever it is, it causes situational loyalty. Situational. Whatever I'm in that's convenient, compromising, or I'm intimidated by, then I lose my focus, and then I operate out of the kingdom, plan, and will of God. Created for community. This is what we're all about. Protection, power, connection, wisdom, direction. You have to have all of these things. Every That's not the exhaustive list, but you know, we could preach for a long time about the exhaustive list and still wouldn't end it. Did you get something today? You sure? Got something? See, I want to give you something that will help you throughout the week. I want to give you something so that when things...